Salvation, it's more than an army or thrift store. Salvation is both law and grace coming down to save. It is the cross and the empty tomb. It is the combination of the Trinity to save those who choose God over Satan, though they live in sin. Salvation is promise. It is the law and grace in redemptive action. It is a gift only God could give, one we don't deserve, but one He tailored fit for each of us. The law and grace in redemptive action, wrapped in His love, delivered by His only begotten Son. I'm Andrew Campbell, and this is Sabbath School University. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. Sabbath School U, a weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Welcome to Sabbath School University. We're delighted to have our guests back again from, from last week. Um, now, for those that have not met you yet, uh, I'm going to ask you to in, introduce yourselves again. Give us your name. Uh, tell us again what you're studying, and this time, tell me something that you really enjoy doing. Okay. My name is Stephanie Racinos. I'm from Houston, Texas. I'm studying music and journalism. And something that I really enjoy is singing. I absolutely love singing, you know. Right. So. Uh, my name is Kelly Jean Phillip. Mm -hmm. uh, from Philadelphia, first year in the seminary. Um, one thing that I really enjoy doing is writing poetry. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. my way of escaping for a while. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. My name is Steve Toscano from Los Angeles, California. And one thing I really enjoy doing is uh, photography, All right. especially wildlife and nature photography. Nice. All right. Nice. And what are you studying? I'm studying church history. All right, great, great. PhD. Yes, sir. That's right, that's right. Uh, Steve, would you um, read our key text for us and pray, and then we can get into the lesson. Sure. John 3.16 God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Right. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for the wonderful gift of Jesus and all that that means for us. And now, Lord, as we spend some time reflecting upon that precious gift, we pray that your spirit would be here to guide our discussion, to open up our hearts and minds and to impart the precious words of life concerning salvation. Mm. Please be with us, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So yeah, this week we're talking about my favorite topic um, mm. of all time. It, inside of religion, outside of religion, it's my favorite topic. Um, more than sports, more than, more than <laughs> anything else. This is my favorite topic, the topic of salvation. The only solution is the title of the lesson. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> you know, Stephanie, again, uh, I want you to get us started with our first question. What does it mean to you that from eternity God's plan for you was, was that you should have salvation? His plan for you personally. You know, He came and died for me. So that is 
alone a beautiful and incredible thing to be able to say. Mm -hmm. And for me, I feel that that means, or that was God's way of providing His people deliverance, you know, whether it be deliverance from sin or death. But if we accept Him, I believe that that's, that's what He had for us. Yeah. So, yeah. What that yeah. tells me is that I'm important mm. to God. Yeah. I am so important that He had already, you know, put this in, in place mm -hmm. just to get me back to Him. Yeah. So that's very, that's a very... To me, it, it speaks of God's great love. Mm -hmm. And it tells us that even from eternity past, even before we were actually made and brought into existence, God had already chosen to send His Son to die for me yeah. and for all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, um, I, th I think it's just wonderful, you know, to think about God knowing you before you even existed. I mean, what kind of feelings do you get when you think about that? <clears throat> Actually, um, I was thinking about that not too long ago. Okay. And at first, I have to admit, it was kind of weird, <laughs> you know. <laughs> How could you know someone before they even existed? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that not only shows God's greatness, but once again, it shows how important we are to mm -hmm. God. That, you know, he, he decided to, he, he longed to know us. Even that just shows me that he is so desperate about me mm -hmm. that he probably was sitting up in his throne saying, I want a Kelly in my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a wonderful thing to think about, you know. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, Kelly, Christ's sacrificial death is, is presented in the Bible as an atonement for sin. Now, what passages from Scripture help you to understand what this whole atonement means? Uh, the first passage that jumps out at me is Isaiah uh, 53. Okay. And a few verses from there. Uh -huh. And uh, it pretty much just describes everything that Jesus went through and how his scars and his stripes, you know, were for our healing. Um, that just shows that sin is such a huge thing mm -hmm. and Christ took it all upon himself. And I mean, the, the imagery in those passages is very, very vivid. And every time I read it is refreshing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, I mean, I'm going to ask an honest question here, a, a question that any, perhaps, any person who's new to the faith or anybody who's, you know, learning about salvation for the first time might ask, how does Jesus' suffering and dying help me? I mean, hmm. why, why that? Why, why not, why can't God just say, you know, sin, go away? Or, you know, why? I think the greatest thing we see from that is we see the importance of God's law. Okay. We learn that God's law is changeless because it's a reflection of who God is. It's a reflection of His character. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And since God's character can't change, neither can His law change. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that Christ had to suffer and to die um, in our place, mm. to take on our penalty, just shows us the importance of God's law not only for us, but for the entire universe. Mm -hmm. Now, what does God's law say? I mean, why, why does God's law dictate that Jesus has to die in order for us to live? I mean, 
Well, I'm, I'm initially thinking about Romans 6, 23, mm -hmm. you know, which says the wages of sin is death. death. And so, Stephanie, you know, what are wages? Like, it, explain to me the difference between wages and a gift. Um, well, I believe someone had to die, you know, so okay. he didn't want it to be us. Yeah. Therefore, he came. He loved us so much that he came uh -huh. and died for us. He took our place. Yeah. 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 I think that, as Romans says, the wages of sin is death. If you think about working, that's mm -hmm. right. <laughs> you know, when we get our check, that's pretty much our wage. I mean, that is what we work to gain. It's rightfully yours. It is rightfully mine. Yeah. I worked, exactly. I clocked in, and I clocked out. And so I received my paycheck. Okay. When we sin, we clocked in and we clocked out mm. and our payment mm. was death. Mm. So someone had to die. Yeah. Someone had to die. So it's not just it's not an optional Abs choice. Absolutely not. Like was, if you sin, you can choose death. No, it's, no you if, have if you sin, you will die. Okay. And through Christ who came and took our rightful place. That is one check I'm happy to say that I <laughs> that he that, took that for he you. took from me, and I didn't have to cash yeah. it. I'll tell you that. And and you know, it's definitely not a check. It's more like a debt. Yeah. That right. he's paying yeah. on our behalf. Yeah. Right. You know, and and going back to what you said about God's law, you know, the the whole balance of the universe, in a sense, um, you know, it shows that you know, like you said. It's a just and fair universe that we live in mm -hmm. that, you know, when you're due your wages, you have to get them, you know, whether they're good or bad. When you're due your consequences, you have to get them. Yeah. And, uh, and Jesus stepped in place. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Stephanie, we're going to Romans again, Romans chapter 3 this time, verses 23 to 25, and we're going to also pair that with Ephesians 2 verse 8 and we're going to talk about the role of faith in the experience of justification. I want you to talk to me a little bit about that. Okay, well I'm going to read actually Romans 3.23. Okay. Um, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Alright. So to me that speaks justification comes by faith alone. Um, through His grace. Mm -hmm. That's what it says to me. That's the clear message there. And we're comparing that with Ephesians 2 verse 8. I'll read that one quickly. Okay. For by grace you have been saved through faith, mm -hmm. and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Right. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about what that means to you, that you are saved by faith. What, what does that mean to you? That means that I had no part in it. Okay. That was something that God gave to me initially. And the only thing that I actually have to do is believe it. I mean, in simplest terms, that's what it means to me. Huh. God initiated it. Jesus came and died for me. And if I can only accept the fact that he took my place on the cross. Hmm. So it wasn't something that you had to beg for. It wasn't something that you had to initiate and go to God and say, please, you know, help me out. God was the one that took the initiative. Wow. Yeah. When you think about it like that, you know, that God is 
the one who took the initiative. Romans also talks about, you know, why we were still sinners, mm -hmm. why we were still his enemies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Christ died for us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That just shows just, how much just, he loves yeah, us. Yeah, just talk to me a little bit about that. You know, Romans makes this comparison. It says, perhaps for a good man, someone would die. You know, mm -hmm. or, you know for, for a righteous man, someone might dare to die, to give up their life instead. But no one would do that for their enemy. And yet that's what God did for us. While we were still in sin, while we were still his enemies, Christ died for us. What, is, what does that mean to you? I mean, when you hear that. It's unbelievable. It's a demonstration of his love for us. And I mean, it is so hard for me to understand that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have to pray to Jesus every day to, yeah. you know, make me believe that I was someone worth dying for. Mm. You know? so. Yeah. To me, I think it's unbelievable that God can take me, a weak and feeble sinner, and by his grace transform me yeah. to become a follower of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That to me is a miracle beyond belief. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you see from time to time amazing conversion stories. Yeah. And, you know, people that are, you know, really steeped in sin. And you, you would think, looking from human perspective, you would think that they are beyond help. Mm -hmm. You know, that they are totally messed up, that there's, there's no sense in even trying to share the gospel with them, that they're just like, that's a natural human inclination, like, no, they're too far gone. And it, the, yet you see the grace of God sometimes is able to just absolutely transform a person. So that that same person who was an, a literal enemy of God can be now even winning souls for mm -hmm. him. Yeah. And that's one of the, I mean, just one of the most beautiful things to ever see. That tells me that God's grace, his gift, does not only forgive us of our sins, mm. but also changes us. Yeah. You see that same gift that gives us a clean record for our past sins, mm. also has the effect on transforming us, changing our hearts, changing our minds, and empowering us to live a righteous, holy life. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, just, just think, I mean, verse 9 um, of Ephesians 2, the, the verse that follows says, you know, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So it's, you know, Salvation is by grace, Amen. through faith, yeah. and the Bible says it's not of works. Because if it was of works, then some people could boast, yeah. mm -hmm. right. yeah. you know. But no one will receive salvation and, and say that I, you know, beat their chest and say, I, I did this, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. It's a gift. Amen. Yeah. Mm. Um, Steve, how does the, the cross reveal to the universe both the true curse of sin and the true meaning of life. The cross, I believe, shows the universe the perfect balance between justice and mercy. Okay, mm. what do you mean by that? As we talked about a few moments earlier, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, and we know that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Mm -hmm. Thus, we are rightly or justly deserving of death. Mm. Yeah. And so Christ, by taking upon himself the curse of a broken law, the curse of death, what he had done is he had revealed to the universe that justice was upheld. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, what we find in the cross of Jesus is not just justice, but also mercy. Mm. Because that mercy gives us an opportunity to turn to him, to look and to live. Mm -hmm. And so I find that in the cross, 
you find that beautiful balance of justice and mercy. And these are the, the very um, foundational principles of the universe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, what does the cross tell you about the nature of sin? It shows that sin is very serious. Huh. Mm. Uh, so serious that the Son of God had to die just to make things right again. Um, I think sometimes we, don't we do not understand how, you know, big sin really is. Mm. From one small act of disobedience, heaven had to give up yeah. its shining light to come into a darkened world just so that those who disobeyed might become sons of God again. Uh -huh. And once you start to wrap your mind around that, it just shows you the enormity of, of sin. Stephanie, when you hear this about, you know, basically what sin costs in order to get rid of it, how, how does that make you feel about sin, personally? Like, how does that make you feel towards sin? Towards sin? Yeah. Well, it scares me because we are humans and we will sin. Uh -huh. So, basically, um, any sin that we'll do is a lash on his back. And that's just uh. the most heartbreaking thing for me, so. Then, I mean, can you still cherish a love for sin when you understand what it costs God? I think that our human nature, it's not something that we will willingly do, you know, cherish sin, but yeah. we will still, we will always sin, but I feel like once we know God and once we understand or come to understand what He did for us, we'll, we'll be more, I don't know how to say it. Uh. Well, I don't know what I'm looking for, but. No, go ahead, just I, say I it. think what, um, maybe this will help you out. Once we begin to understand the cost of salvation, mm we will look at our sinful nature, we will look at our sin and begin to reject it. Exactly. We will continue to sin because by nature we are sinners. Mm. But God has capacitated us through His salvation, through Jesus Christ, to give us that power to no longer cherish the love of sinning, right. okay. but to continue to push it away yeah. and continue to cling more to Jesus and mm. ask Him for His power right. yeah. to continue to put some distance between us yeah. and sin. Yeah. You know, yeah. when, I, when I think of salvation, I think of it not only as rescuing us from the penalty of sin, which mm. is death, mm -hmm. but from the very power of sin. Yeah. yeah. You see, right. the Bible teaches that there is no temptation taken us, but such as is common to man. Mm -hmm. But God is faithful, Amen. Mm -hmm. who will not suffer us to be tempted mm -hmm. above that we are able, but with every temptation we may face, mm -hmm. the Bible says, He will make a way of escape yeah. so that we may be able to bear it. And so what I find about salvation that's so beautiful is that salvation is both pardon and power. Yeah. You see, not yeah. just pardon and not just power. And I think that, you know, as the Bible says in Jude uh, 24, now unto Him that is Amen. able to keep you from falling. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful, precious promise that in spite of our weakened sinful nature, mm -hmm. God is more powerful than Satan. Yeah. God is more powerful than our own nature. Mm -hmm. And it is His will that we follow Him and keep His commandments. Amen. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful, beautiful thought. Yes. Yeah. And you know, one of the prayers that, that I pray um, is I, I pray and I ask God to help me to see sin the way that He sees sin. Mm -hmm. and, um, going along this, you know, 
uh, with with our discussion, kind of changing gears a little bit, mm -hmm. um, we want to talk a little bit about salvation by works. Uh, now, that's a dangerous doctrine. Yeah. Yeah. Why is that so dangerous, Steve? I think salvation by works is dangerous because it is a counterfeit. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, is that it is true we are saved by works, but not our works, the works of Jesus. Amen. You see. Uh -huh. And so it's counterfeiting in that way. But not only that, um, in Ephesians, and we talked about this earlier, Ephesians chapter two, verses eight through ten, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where the Bible tells us what we are saved by grace through faith, and it is the gift of God, mm -hmm. and not of works, lest any man should boast. The Bible also says in verse 10 of that same chapter, mm -hmm. the Bible says in Ephesians 2 and verse 10, the Bible says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, mm -hmm. which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Yeah. And so salvation by works, by human works, is dangerous because it's a counterfeit. It counterfeits uh, the real method of salvation, which is the works of Christ, which are without taint, mm -hmm. without any um, sinfulness in them. Mm -hmm. But more than this, it counterfeits the transformed life of the believer. And I think that it causes us to rely upon self, yeah. upon what we can do, what I can do in my own strength, instead of leaning and trusting completely in Jesus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And... You know, one of the things that I think about when I think salvation by works, why is it dangerous? If salvation is by works, who do you have to thank? Yourself. Yourself. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If salvation is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, who is the only person you can thank? Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Yeah. So it's, it's just diametrically opposed. Mm -hmm. It's self versus God. Amen. Yeah. Amen. You know, and... And if I believe that my works save me, I'm focusing on self. That makes me selfish, right. which is the root of sin. sin. Yeah, mm -hmm. selfishness. Uh, and you, so that's why salvation by works is so dangerous. So we're not saved by works. Um, we're saved by faith. But now I'm going to ask the question a different way. Mm -hmm. So you're not saved by good works, but if you don't do good works... Are you lost? Mm. It's, a, it's, a different, it's a different spin on it. But if you're not saved by works, are you lost by not doing good works? I don't know if you're lost necessarily. Um, what I think is if you understand that the salvation that you now have is mm -hmm. not yours and you selfishly keep it to yourself, you know, this joy, you know, God saved me, I have this joy of salvation, mm -hmm. and you can't share it with somebody else, then maybe something for, on your part is, is wrong. Mm -hmm. Because once we understand, like we've been discussing, how huge salvation is, mm -hmm. it is inevitable that you ought to go out and through your works, through the capacitation that Jesus has given you to go out and do something, mm -hmm. you know, with your fellow human beings. I mean, so I don't know if you're lost necessarily, but... Let me, let me, let me throw this a different way then. Mm -hmm. So now, if I believe that Jesus' gift of salvation saves me, and I believe that by faith, and yet 
I sometimes still happen to struggle with sin. Does, is that like an indication that my faith is not real, that, you know, I'm lost? Because, I mean, th these are real practical mm -hmm. issues. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are people who do believe and love Jesus, but yet still struggle with sin. I mean, what, what do we have to say? Are we saying that they're lost or, you know, is Jesus' gift able to save even those who struggle with sin? And I mean, I, I shouldn't say those, us, right. that struggle with sin. Right. Because sin is a problem that we all deal with. As far as I can understand, the Bible teaches that we will continue to have to fight against or struggle with okay. sin okay. until the second coming of Christ. Mm -hmm. But the good news is that Jesus also promises us the gift of overcoming with salvation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You see, He doesn't want us to continue to be enslaved to sin. That's right. He doesn't want us to be continue to be addicted to sin. That's right. For example, when Jesus forgives the drunkard, Jesus forgives the drunkard, but He also gives the power for that drunkard to overcome his or her drunkenness. Mm -hmm. You see, and so we find the the again the principles of justice and mercy in the gift of salvation. God wants to forgive us of our sin, give us that clean slate, help us, and, uh, and when, whenever we may fall into sin, we can come back to Him yeah. and repent and confess of our sins. But more than that, He wants to give us that gift of overcoming. Yeah. And, you know, we're about to close, but I had one more question that I wanted to talk about. And this is totally practical. Like, you know, how can we live out our salvation in a practical sense? Now, I wanted to kind of go about this in a roundabout way. Now, I know that both of you like basketball. Do yes. You, do you like basketball? I do. You do? do? How much do you like basketball? Uh, a lot or? Uh. <laughs> I like watching it more than okay. I do playing. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, I want to I wanna just say hypothetically, these two really love basketball, right? Okay. Say I was going to give you a test on basketball, and now I want you to pretend that you despise basketball. Okay. But yet, I'm going to give you a test on, you know, current you know, events or stuff that's happening in basketball. These two love it, but you hate it, but yet you're, you want to do well in the test. Which of you will perhaps get the best scores? Probably them too. <laughs> because they love it. Exactly. You know, when I think about salvation, and I think the practical sense, when we truly love Jesus, mm. that love compels us to go far and beyond um, what fear can motivate us to do. Yeah. You know, fear of the law and fear of hell and, and burning, um, you know, that can only motivate us so far. But the love that we have for Jesus will make us go far and beyond, you know, anything. Amen. Um, that fear can ever motivate us to do. Amen. When, when we realize that salvation is in Jesus Christ, and you know, it's, it's more than simply just going to heaven. Salvation isn't a person. It's in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And uh, when we love Him, we are saved by Him. Amen. Amen. And we will do anything for Amen. Him. Amen. Amen. If you'd like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's www.sabbathschool, the letter U, dot O-R-G. Remember, the goal of Bible study is information and transformation. It's for the head and for the heart. For Sabbath School U, I'm Andrew Campbell, and we'll see you next week.